This is a poem called The Stars of Losses by George Sander. Soft on the sunset we sunshine, a light that lives of light at sea. I am very luck of stars, the standard that have said half a speech to see man dead. AI in Action is brought to you by Aulis International, covering your business's staffing, consulting and networking needs. Our host brings you the leading minds in AI, sharing their story, their success and their advice. Focusing on fast-tracking you to the top, AI in Action cuts through the hype to help you kickstart your data science career. To listen to the latest AI in Action podcast, head over to www.aldus.com forward slash podcast or subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher or Google Podcasts. Welcome to the AI in Action podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Kelly. Hans and Jans are co-founders of AskBoy.ai product development agency specialized in natural language processing. Before founding Aspoy, Hans was head of business intelligence at Flaconi, a Berlin-based e-commerce startup that was sold to ProSabian. And before Flaconi, Hans was one of the first employees at Zalando and where he built up the first marketing intelligence unit. Jan is a co-founder of Aspoy.ai, a mathematician at heart, and more than 11 years as a researcher and currently a PhD at the machine learning group of TU Berlin. Hans, Jans, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Can you tell me why I uh, opened up the podcast with a poem? Yes. So basically, we just thought somehow it might be an interesting start because it's some kind of fun project from us. Uh, at the moment, uh, I don't know if you heard about it, there is a lot going on with natural language generation uh, because uh, we are making a lot of progresses at the moment in science with language models. And yeah, we just thought for fun somehow, it might be nice to train a model on generating old English poems, because these are also the kind of poems uh, that you get easily for free in the internet. That was also one reason, but in general, it's maybe nice to have something like that. Definitely an interesting uh, start to, to my podcast, Unique. Can you tell us a little bit about Askboy and what you do? Sure. Um, so we have founded Askboy in uh, 2017, and uh, it was... Uh, classical uh, business intelligence project where we have developed um, data warehouse for our client and also the analytics and reporting unit. When we have set up the reporting unit and um, started to send up reports on a daily basis, we have realized that um, none of the users actually um, have taken a look at the reports. Uh, instead, they just asked us something like at hoc questions in Skype. For instance, um, how much did we spend for TV advertising in the last or uh, what was the revenue of product category XY. And uh, then we had the idea that we actually could develop a chatbot, which could answer these questions and deliver the message instantly back to the user. Interesting. So how did you design this product to be able to, to, to be so responsive? Yeah, what we are doing there is, uh, so one of the main uh, things uh, or the main difficulties to build such a product is actually to understand what the intent of the user is. And in the last years, uh, there was a lot of uh, improvement uh, concerning uh, translation models in uh, natural language processing. So, for example, if you heard about sequence-to-sequence uh, -sequence models and also recently the transformer, they're really good in uh, learning from scratch translations from one language, for example, English, into another language, like, for example, French. And uh, you this means you basically just put in uh, the raw 
input data like uh, English sentences and their French translation and the systems are able to learn the English grammar, the French grammar, and also how they are, have to be trans transformed into each other. But, and we thought, why, don't, why not trying to uh, build a system that works in a similar way, but the target language is not a natural language anymore, but a formal language, like, for example, uh, SQL queries or any kind of programming language where you can do queries with. That was actually, I've seen a very uh, interesting snippet of a screenshot on LinkedIn this week, and I immediately thought of you guys. It was someone had a, a live chat window open with uh, PayPal, where they openly said they're testing a new chatbot technology. Mm -hmm. And it said, hi, I'm a chatbot, how may I help you? Mm -hmm. And the immediate response for the user was, I've just been scammed. <laughs> and the chatbot said, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so like with the English language, you can ask the same question a million different ways. How, does, you, how does your machine understand mm -hmm. the exact question you want to ask? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, that's a very good point. And um, especially in our case, it's even more difficult because, as you can imagine, um, for our use case, asking questions in natural language to translate them into a formal language, there was actually no data. Um, there is no data available like that. And also, because there are so many different ways, as you mentioned, to, to say things or to ask for the same kind of data, we actually had to be uh, creative to to get the data somehow from somewhere. One of the standard approaches in machine learning usually is if you don't have data, that you get people to generate the data for you. But this was also not an approach which would work for us because um, the number of possible queries is growing faster than exponential with the number of metrics that you have in your database. So this means um, we said, okay, what can we do here? We also have need something like a language that is expressive enough for the persons that generate the data to basically um, target larger chunks of the of the prediction space that we have in with not writing too many single sentence line by line, and we created for that reason a little programming language which is called Laralla that it's um, standing for language randomization language. And it's basically, the, the main idea is if you have a query, like for example, show me the revenue in the last week, we can see that revenue is basically um, something which is much more general. You can say, say, could say also the number of orders or the number of visitors on my website or a lot of other things. And also you could use synonyms for the things that you plug in there. So what we uh, said is, okay, then let's try to uh, build something where that is uh, that we can use there to replace it with other things like for example with lists or other metrics or synonyms of the same metric and by that it's uh we can cr create training data much more efficiently you showed me the product it was show results from revenue for last week what was last week's revenue um and you can be very non-descriptive about it but say come across in a couple of different ways to get the same input it's pretty good because nobody speaks the same language. You know, exactly. people don't use language in the same way, even if they all learn it in the same country or in the same school. It's completely different. From your business or for a business to use AskBoy, you know, what's what's the main reason that they would use your product? Where do you really add value? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, so basically, um, data analytics still today requires lots of technical knowledge. So you have to know Excel, you should have, uh, you should know um, 
how a business intelligence front-end solution work like Tableau or Click. And um, if you really want to uh, dig deeper into data analytics, you should know SQL. But it's not a realistic requirement for everyone. So the idea behind it was also to democratize data by enabling to ask questions simply through natural human language. And uh, with natural human language, everybody in the company can ask for data and um, get an answer instantly. And it has also another advantage um, that you actually don't um, spam too much to the BI teams. Um, normally, you, if you want some data, you define a request. Uh, it goes through Jira, for instance, and then it takes a couple of days or even weeks until you get your data back. So it's a kind of win-win situation for both sides, for the users who consume data and also for the business intelligence teams um, who are actually um, in charge of responding to uh, users to their data requests. And if I was to look to use AskBoy as, as a service, how does your product integrate with, I don't know, let's say, for example, a very long-standing uh, company, say Deutsche, Deutsche Bank, um, <laughs> You know, a lot of legacy. Like, is it easy to do? Uh, to be honest, it's uh, actually quite tough. Yeah. So um, nowadays, companies uh, still have uh, difficulties um, of having a proper uh, business intelligence or even data warehouse. Um, we have met companies who just use an ERP system from uh, from SAP, but don't have a data warehouse yet. So sometimes it's necessary that we actually start with a classical data warehouse project and only then can bring our solution on top of that. And of course, it also requires uh, some uh, training for the employees um, to use the solution properly because this is something they have never seen before. Uh, you have to teach to educate them. And uh, But yeah, but this process is quite tough, but it works out well so far. So what are the use cases would you have for uh, NLP or language processing? Uh, we strongly believe that uh, this topic becomes more and more important um, in the near future. Um, uh, one fact is that 80% um, of a company's data is actually unstructured data, which you can find in documents, um, emails, um, customer service uh, interactions with clients. And um, this unstructured data is completely not analyzed so far. So what we think makes totally sense is to on uh, unstructured data as well and provide a simple natural language interface for users to not only ask data from structured uh, data sources like databases, but also to, from unstructured data uh, sources. Uh, which means, um, for instance, if you're an insurance employer, uh, employee, uh, for instance, you get a, a claim uh, from a customer, then you could basically ask simple questions to the document instead of like reading through all the documents you get every day, you just can um, directly um, ask questions um, for specific matters and um, we could deliver the answer instantly to the user. I suppose you are in a very exciting space, NLP and language processing. What's happened scientifically and in research that you can really see impact in your product? Well, one that has happened in the last 12 months and then two, like what you would anticipate in the next 12 months too. Mm -hmm. Um, one interesting thing that uh, happened in the last 12 months is actually um, something that was going around also in the news. It's uh, something that was built using a, a new model, which is called Transformers. I don't want to go too deep into uh, that topic, but a Transformer is um, 
uh, model that you also similarly to the models that I told talked about before the sequence sequence model you you are able to use it to build for example direct translation systems but um they they are, are working differently so sequence to sequence models were before uh models that are having something like a short time memory um that they could use to remember things that they already read while transformers are an attention model so this means um basically you have a model that can look at all different kinds of positions in in a, in, a, in a natural sentence and um from that it can also reuse things or look things up that that it said before or that were in the text before and these models are outperforming uh, in a lot of kind of benchmarks uh, the the state of the art models so for example they're really good in generating text that was also one of our uh, demo of the demo that we showed in the beginning the poem that it generated they are really good in question answering tasks so asking questions to documents they are really good in translation tasks and basically so basically everything that there are the interesting benchmarks at the moment in natural language processing and what we think is what happens uh, in, in the near future is that uh, these models are coming from the scientific phase into a production phase because everything that you hear about it right now is still much more on the research side but building a uh, products that actually work well in practice is also a different challenge always, especially in the area of machine learning and AI. And um, we think somehow that we need still one or two years, but then that will lead to models that you probably can actually almost talk with. So I see a lot of potential in conversational AI, but also in everything where we need a deeper understanding of documents, for example. Yeah, and this opens up actually quite interesting use cases uh, for the real world. Uh, for instance, one is uh, semantic search, where you basically uh, don't search for content like you would do in Google just by providing keywords, but uh, you search by meaning, actually. So uh, one use case is, for instance, for lawyers um, who are looking for precedence cases. And um, if they just give a description of what they're looking, this is like in two or three sentences, this kind of technology would be able to find similar cases and um, this would make actually the work of the lawyer much more efficient. And uh, also another case is for, for research papers, for instance. Like imagine um, a researcher at the universities, um, these kind of people have to uh, read hundreds of papers uh, to find the right paper actually which um, is belonging to the right uh, theory stream. and um, for them, it would be also quite beneficial simply by. Um, for them, it would be also quite beneficial if they could simply search by content and not just by keywords, like they do are doing today. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's definitely something that I, uh, I struggle with myself. Um, a lot of a lot of keyword searches, and a lot of irrelevance coming up in that. So, can you tell me a little bit how that how that actually works? Does it read a one two hundred page documents, and how does it score that on content or, or could just can you tell me a little bit more? Mm -hmm. What is usually done is um, we are training an unsupervised model on a large amount of data that is coming from from a certain context, for example, research papers. And a language model means that um, you it basically is able to to predict 
which kind of sequences of words, for example, uh, of a text are how likely. And uh, there are certain training techniques, like, for example, BERT, a model that was published last October. And um, what you get in the end somehow is something like, it's a little bit like a word to vec. So basically vectors that re are representing words semantically, but instead you can get something like uh, vectors that are representing whole documents. And if two vectors are similar, so we have one document where we have the vector for and one another vector, which is representing another document, they are built in a way that when they're similar, they have similar semantic content. And this, the, the, the crazy thing somehow is that this whole training can be done without actually um, having labels for the documents. So you don't need to uh, know what, what you don't have a need to have a human that can actually um, say this document is about topic X and this to document is about topic Y, but it's more like just by reading all the documents, it's, it's able to, to recognize patterns of similarity. And I suppose that this is one sort of almost away from those particular topics, but one that I think could really benefit people who are listening. Um, you guys have done a really good product in the language processing domain. What's the best practice in trying to build a language processing model? Yeah, I think the question is really hard because it depends very much on what the actual natural language processing product is that we want to build. Um, depending on that, what I would usually do is I would uh, see, I mean, it's a very generic answer, but uh, because it, the, the benchmarks are beaten every few months now, and there are models that are, they are getting better so quickly. The best thing that one can do is probably to, to look what were the latest um, models that were good in a task that is similar to the one that I want to solve. And of course, I mean, the most important thing, like in all machine learning tasks is you need to get proper data. The data has to be clean there. In the ideal case, you have a lot of humans that have an expertise in this area uh, that can sort out the documents or the data that is not good or, or correct things that are wrong in it. And yeah, that's basically, of course, a, a, an issue everywhere in machine learning. So it's a generic answer, but that's, what natural language processing in the end is it's also not like the one thing or one model it's more like a yeah set of methodologies that you can use to yeah if you're creative to to build something that that is useful yeah i think it's uh, something you see all the time now as businesses are looking to say hey can we can you just give us machine learning yeah. But they're not ready to actually make those business changes to, to make it happen. And they just end up uh, forfeiting a lot of money yeah. to try and make this happen. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, everybody's talking about AI in a way as if this is something already that uh, is very general purpose. And you have one system and it can do it can do like everything, but it's not like that. I mean, at the moment, it's still... That you, if you have a certain problem, you come up with a new model then, and you need a lot of training data. And then very specifically, you solve this one problem very well, probably, if you are good. Um, but it's, it's always also a lot of data engineering that you have to do. And um, also, you have to put really a lot of time and brain into the model. So if a company was to undergo a machine learning project, what's the most important things that they have to keep in mind? I think the most important thing is that um... Uh, companies need to understand that um, machine learning is not magic at the end, it's, it's hard work. Uh, 
and um, it's not like you develop a fancy AI product and this goes live the next day. So first of all, we of course need to understand the problem um, to define uh, the right technical approach and also communicate the expectations that um, um, we would build a prototype and not a ready-to-use product. This is uh, most important to know. So that's why most of the projects we do are on the prototype stage and they basically um, serve as a proof of concept and also as a um, form of education for the company. And um, it basically contributes to um, the preparation of bringing machine learning on a uh, wide scale within the company. Yeah, so this is uh, the most important thing uh, to like to set the right expectation management because uh, nowadays through the media people are expecting too much from AI. They think it solves every problem immediately, but in fact it's <laughs> it's quite a tough um, uh, it's quite a tough actually to establish real machine learning product in a company. It takes months or even years because it's evolving so much of IT infrastructure, uh, but also personal human resources. And I suppose one of the biggest challenges a lot of companies are having is taking it from that proof of concept into production. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. what's the biggest challenges going from proof of concept to production in your opinion? I think uh, the most difficult thing is actually uh, to integrate uh, in real time new data actually. That, because I mean, as soon as you have one system that works pretty well, uh, that you uh, that you developed in the proof of concept phase, you of course want that the system improves over time, but uh, this improvement over time can only happen um, if you if you integrate the new data that you are collecting. But this new data that you are collecting is uh, coming from a, from a system that is basically set up in the real world, and there the data quality is usually is sinking then dramatically because. Um, People are always doing stuff with your product uh, that they're trying to do things with your product that your product was not designed for. So, for example, uh, what we saw is that one of the first questions that people ask our bot, even though they know they should ask business intelligence questions, they ask how the weather in Tokyo is right now. That's obviously a data point that you don't want to integrate in our system and want to train on it. So, um, and but these kind of things happen all the time. And um, so the quite big question is somehow, how do you get this loop of getting new training data into your system and retrain your model? How, how do you do that properly? In our experience, it's usually required that you also have humans involved again, that select the right data points or clean things up. But um, that's, of course, on the other hand, a lot of times not the promise that a machine learning product is making. So in the end, it's a trade-off and you have to find the right trade-off. Thanks, Hans and Jans, for your time today. Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Kelly, from the AI in Action podcast. It was great having you on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure. <laughs> AI in Action is brought to you by Aldus International, covering your business's staffing, consulting, and networking needs. Aldus offer an exec search program. Aldus can help you discover how data science and AI can transform your company. With our unrivaled network of C-suite executives and senior AI professionals, we offer retained search services across the US and Europe. For more information, contact mark at aldus.com. Get the Aldus Advantage. Become a member of the Aldus community and enjoy some of the following. AI meetups. Once a month, our community gathers to listen to some of the leading experts in the world of data science and AI. Our speakers come from all over the world, including Dublin, Boston, and Frankfurt. 
We also have our AI mentors. Our experts will provide mentoring to all its members. And don't forget our AI in Action podcast. Each week we have guests from all over the world talking us through their education, career and more. Become an Aldis member and get the Aldis advantage. For more information and to sign up for our newsletter, log on to www.aldis.com. That's www.aldis.com. Aldis International, empowering through AI.